Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome in to another installment of Win in Rome. Before we jump in, I have got some cool announcements to make, and it all has to do with our All In initiative. All In has been a two-year vision and velocity campaign. Vision, like God has a vision for this church uh, to create community destinations where anyone can find and follow Jesus, but also the velocity, how we get there, he places in our hands. And the way we like crank up the velocity is by praying like never before. We've just come off a season of 21 days of prayer. God is moving. Some exciting things are happening. We engage like never before, and we also give like never before. Listen, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your faithful giving. God is showing up. If you've never invited Jesus to be first in your life on giving, this is a great day to just like put him to the test. But really what I wanna tell you about today is as we've been praying and engaging and, and giving, the truth is uh, we're, we're growing. Like God is doing some cool things across our campuses. And the truth is we're growing to a place where in our Nacogdoches location, uh, we are very rapidly running out of room for adults. We've got some space for kiddos at Nacogdoches. We actually have more space for kiddos in Nacogdoches than we do the Lufkin location, but we're out of space in adults. Then when it comes to the Lufkin location, for a while now, we have been really like bending the limits of uh, uh, the kids in our kids area, in particular, our young, uh, like uh, uh, nursery area and the little ones. So KidWorks is just like bursting at the seams. And last week we were at 87% capacity in our second service and 79% capacity in our first service. And so the truth is we're growing, but if we don't, if we don't make room, we're going to stop growing. So I'm here to announce today as we go all in, we're making room. If you wanna catch more fish, you gotta build more nets and cast more nets. And so here's the announcement for today. I alluded to it a few weeks ago, but starting October 1st, October 1st, just about five, six weeks from now, as we launch into our At The Movies series, on October 1st, we are going to be going to three Sunday services. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a big deal. That's a big deal, everybody. Uh, three Sunday services, and here are the service times, 8.30, 10, and 11.30. 8.30, 10, and 11.30. And I want you to be thinking now which service you're going to attend. It means all of us are gonna have to shift a little bit, including myself. I mean, our bands that get here to warm up, our, our dream teamers that are here to turn everything on and get the coffee brewing. I mean, they're gonna have to push even earlier. Thank you for your sacrifices. But for all of us, this is gonna require us to engage like never before in a fresh way. And so today, what we're doing is we're launching something called All In 100. Everybody, all locations, say it with me. All In 100, what is All in 100. Well, we are looking for 100 people across our locations to engage like never before. And here's how. The first way is this. Some of you, it's time to join a team. We've got incredible dream teamers. Over 700 people are part of our dream teams across our location. But in a church of 2,500 people, that is actually a very low number. And there are several hundred of us that you're not engaging on a dream team. 
Listen, we're not complete without you. From the words of the prophet Jerry Maguire, you complete me. You, you complete thee. We want you to be a part of a dream team. So here's what we're going to do. Everybody, uh, whether you are already on a dream team or not, just pull out your smartphone for a second. Just pull out, pull out your smartphone. Just hold it. Just hold it just like in your hand. Okay. And okay. You ready? Everybody pull your smartphone out, turn on that camera and, and take the QR code. I'm gonna wait for a second while we're on, on video. As, as, as a matter of fact, Chris, just, just pause me for a second as, as, we, as we scan the QR code. So I'm just gonna pause. Are they doing it? Are they taking the pic? Okay, I'm assuming that's enough time. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Join a team, this is your easy way and here's our guarantee. A hundred people, give it a hundred days. We're not asking you to give the rest of your life or to give your plasma and give us your social security number and your credit score. We're just inviting you for a hundred people to give us some dream team, like join a dream team, try it for 100 days. As we add services, we have to have the lifeblood, which is our volunteer teams. We gotta have our lifeblood in place and that's gonna be you and you can be a great part of reaching people far from God, helping others find and follow Jesus. It's gonna be awesome. Thank you. Here's the second way you can engage like never before. Everybody at our locations, I'm asking you if you're a faithful uh, attender uh, of Timber Creek, if you're a partner in the mission of this church to be a missionary to either the 830 or the 1130 service. I promise you 10 o'clock is going to fill up. The 10 o'clock time is going to fill up, but we're going to have some space in the 830 and 1130, and I want to invite you to be apart. We're going to be talking about this for the next 30 days. We're believing all in 100 over the next 30 days. We're going to get 100 people involved. Next week, we'll talk about some next steps we can take as well. And I've got another big, exciting announcement about all in coming in the next two weeks. You're not going to want to miss it. That's all for the all in update and the all in 100. Let's get to our message today. We're traveling through the book of Romans, the letter to the saints at Rome, written by Paul. And last week, we talked about this question right up front of where do I need to change? All of us has got places that he's still working on us. You know, blind spots, dumb spots, deaf spots, like that we need him to continue to do his work. And it's not really where do I need to change is the big question, but how do I actually change. And last week, if you missed last week, we talked about the power that grace gives us, knowing who God is, knowing our unity in him and living daily in our new identity. That gives us the grace to want to change and the true power to change. However, uh, in this struggle of grace versus like trying to be a good person and just kind of keep all your ducks in a row, Paul, in the next few scriptures, is going to really kind of un unload some incredible wisdom, but it can be a little bit difficult. As a matter of fact, Peter, uh, one of the apostles, he wrote this about Paul. Look, look at this. Second Peter chapter three, Paul wrote to you with the wisdom God gave him, speaking of things in all his letters. But look at what Peter says. Some of his comments are hard to understand. And as we get into today's passage in Romans chapter seven, verses 14 to 25, this is one of those passages. I just wanna read it to you and, and see if you can 
keep up with what Paul is doing. Because here's what what's, here's what's Paul's about ready to do. He's about ready to get naked with us. He is about ready to be vulnerable. He's gonna be transparent. He's gonna tell us like it is. He's gonna kind of word vomit and just kind of throw up on us a little bit about his own struggle. And I'm so grateful that the men and women in the Bible were honest and transparent because we're a lot like them. There is no perfect people except Jesus. Here's what Paul says. Now we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm unspiritual. I'm sold as a slave to sin. Last week we talked about the reality of you're a slave to something, either a, a, a slave to the master who became the ultimate servant, or you're a slave to something else. Nobody's really living truly free unless you're living under the directives of God. He says, we're sold as a slave to sin. Now, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good as it is. It is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. Okay? And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good as it is. It's no longer myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know what good itself does not dwell in me that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, okay, Paul. He goes on. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does this. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. I mean, he is just letting us have it. He's trying to, he's trying to get it out. He's trying to make sense. It kind of reminds me of, uh, of, this, uh, of a kid that I saw on YouTube. Check this, check this out. Have you ever had a dream that, that you, um, you had your you you could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could you you want you want him to do you so much you could do anything yes yes i've been there i've been there where i had a dream that i wanted to do anything but it's just hard to get it out i mean i think paul is just being so vulnerable and so real with us he's saying don't you get it i got a struggle don't you have this struggle we all struggle and then he says, oh, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? That's the question that he's wrestling with. And he has an answer. But in order to really kind of unravel, untangle the last few scriptures, we want to start with this. If you're taking notes, Paul is saying there are two yous. There, there are two yous. And you're dealing with both of them simultaneously. The first one is this. It's the new nature in you. If you have bowed a knee to Christ, if you've invited him to be the center of your life, your Lord and Savior, there is a new nature that Jesus is birthing in you. Scripture says it like this in Ephesians. You were taught with regard to your former way to put off your old self, that old nature, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, stuff in us that we want to do, we don't want to do, but we end up doing and to be made new in the attitude of your minds. So there's a putting off, and then he says, put on the new self, created to be like God in the righteousness 
and holiness. So we have to choose. It doesn't just happen automatically. We, we put off and we put on. We got to kind of hang on and put on that new nature. But we're dealing with the new nature and we're dealing with the other part of you and that's the old nature. Just because you put on the new nature doesn't mean that the old nature stops existing. Scripture says in Galatians, Paul, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you don't gratify the desires of that flesh, that old nature. For the old nature, the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. It's not that the moment you begin to follow Jesus that you stop being that old person. That old person still hangs around, but you gotta choose to lose that identity and choose to gain that new identity. And basically, Paul has given us an inside peek to his own struggle bus, his own struggle with like dealing with those two natures. So we're gonna kind of dive back into Paul's holy diatribe and, and, and take it one little piece at a time and we're gonna see a pattern of what Paul is saying and see if it relates to where you are. Here it is. So back to verse 14, we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. What is he saying here? As simply as we can put it, he's saying, I've got a problem. I, I've got a problem. And maybe that's where you are. You're realizing that you've taken on the new self, but the old self, self is still there. There's a conflict. It, they, you want to walk by the spirit, but you also got the flesh and you've got a problem. And Paul is saying, me too. The next scripture, he says, I don't understand what I do for what I want to do. I do not do, but what I hate, I end up doing. He's like, I, I don't understand this. What is he saying? I'm confused. And when you come to Christ, many times what can happen is when you have a problem and you think that just rubbing a prayer on it, everything's gonna be fine, but then you're still struggling and that can become confusing. Wait, 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 I thought if I prayed hard enough, I'd get an answer to the prayer. Well, maybe you did get an answer to prayer. It just wasn't the answer you were hoping for. And that can cause confusion. Or you, have a, you thought that God was gonna help you say no to certain things, but you're still saying yes to certain things and you're confused. I thought that was gonna be gone with this. Good news Paul's relating to that same struggle. I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. And in the middle of that, here's what Paul's saying. Man, I'm, I'm frustrated. Not only do I got a problem, not only am I confused, but this can be pretty exhausting to be, to be dealing with this. Paul says, in my inner being, I delight in God's law. Like, I want to do what he's, and I, it's awesome. I delight in it. But I also see another law at work and it's waging war, it's that conflict and it's making me a prisoner. What is he saying? Write it down. I'm in a battle and I'm losing. I mean, you, you think we become Christ followers and the enemy says, well, shoot, I guess I'm not gonna go after them anymore. No, 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 no. Like when you begin to take on the new nature, that's when the enemy kind of ramps up his devices and snares and tools of, of stealing, killing and destroying and his main tool of lying to you. And you can feel like you're in a battle. Why? Because you are in a battle. Sometimes you can feel like you're losing because that old nature is still knocking at that door. That old nature is still wanting to wrestle the new nature to the ground. What a wretched man I am. Who's gonna rescue me from this body? 
that is subject to death. What is Paul saying? I feel trapped. I mean, I, I thought I was gonna find freedom and, and I'm still dealing with the same old stuff. And so, so let's review here. Instead of that, I do what I don't and I do what I not and I, I hate what I do. All those things that Paul's saying, he's basically saying, I got a problem, I'm confused, I'm frustrated, I'm in a battle, I feel trapped, I got these two natures at work and my question for you today, where are you? How's your soul? What nature are you living in? Is it, is it perhaps that you don't even realize there's a problem? Could it be that, that you invited Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, but, but you've not seen the kind of change that you really thought you were gonna see because maybe you're not realizing that there is a problem, that we are called to become new creations, the old is gone, the new has come, but the old is, is gone only to the point of it doesn't have to rule your life, but you can pick it back up if you want to. Maybe you're confused or frustrated. Maybe you feel like you're in a battle today at one of our locations and you're losing. I want you to know that that's not the time to walk away. That's the time to lean in. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways yield to him and he begins to make your path straight, but that's a consistency that takes place. So when nature calls while you're riding the struggle bus, when you are on this bus, it's gonna be the rest of your life and you're struggling and that old nature calls and yet that new nature is inviting you in and you're dealing with the stuff that's in you and you gotta deal with that nature of the, 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 the body, soul, and spirit all intertwined together. What do you do? Where do you go? How do you actually change here? Beyond the grace of God that he gives you to actually make the change, what are some steps we can take? And we really see this activating in Paul's life right here in this whole holy diatribe that he gives us. Let me give you seven real quick ways. Number one, you gotta admit it when you're struggling. He spills the beans. Now here's what's important, everybody. You've gotta admit when you're struggling, but you don't have to admit it to everybody. And just because you posted it on Facebook doesn't mean you're really admitting it, okay? You, 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 need to, you don't have to talk to everybody about it, but you do need to admit it to somebody, somebody that's in your corner, somebody that, that you can trust. You know, this is why we are in the next, in the next week, we're launching groups. Groups are all a part of kind of like living life together, dealing with the old nature and the new nature and walking in the grace that God gives us every single day. And if you've not jumped into one of our groups or encounter or uh, a tables of 10, like this is a great place to just dip your toe in the water of finding the right community. It may take you a few groups to figure it out, but finding the right community where you can find that person, feel safe and admit when you're struggling. When I'm able to admit it, that's the first step of finding healing. Number two, accept your own imperfections. You know, this is, this is a mile marker to humility. 
This is a mile marker for what God wants to say to us in humility. When we're able to admit, I don't got all my ducks in a row. I, I don't have it all together. For so long, the church wanted to whitewash everything. And we had to look a certain way and sound a certain way and sit in a certain pew. And, and I mean, we wanted to put on those masks. What God wants you to do is Accept your own imperfections because when you accept your imperfections, you are making room for the perfect Christ to do what he wants to do in the middle of those imperfections. Number three, you gotta leave room for failure. Somebody jot this down. Failure isn't final unless you want it to be. I mean, if you want failure to be final, it can be. If you choose that, yeah, of course it can be the, the final nail. The failure doesn't have to be final. Failure is something that helps us grow. It's in the moments of, oops, I did it again. I mean, we didn't know that Paul was kind of quoting, you know, in advance, ancient wisdom from Brittany. Like, like we've got to deal with the oops, I did it again and again and again, and yet his grace covers, and I don't want to keep sinning just so grace will abound, but I got to deal with this old nature and this new nature and get a little bit closer and like got to really leave room for the failure and know it's okay, but like deal with it. If I don't leave room and I'm trying to deal with that perfection stuff, I don't ever really have the hard conversations. You know, when you write a uh, resume, if you've ever went to go for a job, when you're writing a resume, chances are that probably the, the top 10 things that you put on your resume aren't the top 10 ways that you really screwed up, <laughs> okay? It's more like, I was able to effectively do this and excellent in this kind of communication skill and I'm really able to navigate the realities of conflict between like blah, 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 whatever, whatever generates from all those resume builders, right? Something that we uh, do at Timber Creek Church is we ask a question uh, when we're interviewing people, we ask them about their failure resume. It, it's easy to have a, a, a winning resume, but what about some failures? I, I wanna be able to identify whether people are open enough to talk about, eh, I kinda, I kinda like really missed the mark, I kinda missed the target on this one, or here's kind of a way that I didn't quite make it. I, I wanna hear, like, are they able to be candid? Are they able to admit mistakes? Um, like we, we wanna be able to leave room for failure because we grow. If we will let Jesus do his work, we can grow from failure. Now, here's the next one. Get real with God. Get real with God. This is what Paul is doing. Get real, get real with God. You can get real with other people. You can admit you're struggling with the right people, but you know, you need to, you need to tell God the truth. You, you, you need to like un, like, like, like unflowery prayer your prayers and just get down to the, to the, to the nitty gritty with God and like tell him the, the truth. And you're saying, he can't handle the truth. Yes, he can handle the truth. You gotta get real with him. The Bible says, cry out to God. God, I'm struggling. God, I keep on doing the same junk. I'm sick of it. And you gotta get real with him. God, I, I thought this was gonna be easier. Like, like kind of pour it out to him. Don't just 
pour it out to Instagram, pour it out on, on Facebook. Like you got to get real with God. Be honest with your prayers. Be open with your prayers. Get real with him. This is what Paul is doing. Oh, aren't you so glad that Paul didn't stay all prim and proper with everything he was saying, but instead he was willing to kind of open up the wound and open up reality that he's writing doctrine. He's also struggling. Get real with God. Number five, you got to stop trying with your willpower. You know, willpower, the power to will away temptation. That whole willpower thing, like we, you just got to build it up. You just got to choose. You just got to, you know, put your, your nose to the grindstone. You just got to wake up and make it, make it happen, captain. Willpower is a beautiful thing. Willpower can work in a lot of stuff. When it comes to your old nature and new nature, though, willpower ain't going ain't gonna to cut it all the way. So you got to just stop trying to do what you don't want to do and not do what you hate that you're doing. You got to get beyond willpower. Here's, here's what it looks like. It looks like, oh, whoop, 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 whoop. there we go. <laughs> it looks like this. Here's a little dodgeball, and uh, it's, it's mainly, it's a, it's a, it's a little bit of, of uh, you know, the plastic around it, but it's mainly foam, and inside the foam is mainly air, okay? And here's the deal. This is what, like, let's say this is your issue. It's the, it's the drinking that, quite frankly, um, has gotten more than it should have ever been. It is, the, it is the lust. Um, uh, it is insecurities or worry, anxiety. Um, it, it is anger. Whatever your issue is, it, it, it is whatever you fill in the blank. And willpower says, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang on to this thing and I am not going to let it. I, am, I, oh, I don't, I don't want to get angry again. Or I, I don't want to be anxious or I, I don't want to be so afraid. I do want to trust God or I want to lean on him, not on my own understanding. And, and, and with our willpower, we, we hold it down. Good news is you can hold it, but you are not strong enough to hold it together forever. And eventually, like the moment you get sidetracked, it comes back. Oh, and you, you know, you, you pull it down. And in another exterior circumstance, and you just, you fly off the handle and get angry and it comes back. And then you, you, you tamper it down. And, and, and then there's a new person at work and, and they're showing you attention. And you know, your husband's not showing you the attention that, that he's showing you. And, and he's saying kind things and you've been holding down, but, but, but you get sidetracked and, and your willpower isn't enough to hold all that down. And when, and when you feel like that's coming back like that, that, that old nature, that whole feeling of I'm trying, but then, then I don't do what I need to do or, or I, I don't hold it down or I hold it down and then it comes back up. Like you got to stop trying with your willpower. What, is, what does Paul say? What a wretched man I am. Who's going to rescue me from this? This whole body that is subject to death, this whole body that like it doesn't matter how much willpower I have, I feel trapped. 
And it's in this moment that after that holy diatribe, that vulnerable <sighs> spill in his guts, he gives us the answer for change. He gives us the answer for dealing with the old and the new. He says, oh, <sighs> thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ. That's the grace to change. It all thanks be to God that he delivers me not through my willpower, not through my straight line and straight laced living, not through all the things that I could do or all the worship songs that I've, that I've you know, downloaded onto, on, onto my iPhone. It's not about all the Sunday services or all the places. I mean, I signed up for all in 100. I scanned the QR code. Now God's, now God's gonna give me. No, 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 all of that. It's, it all comes down to Jesus is ready to meet you where you are, deliver you through those things one day at a time. So you gotta stop trying with your willpower because you will not give space for his power when you're dealing with willpower. His power is better than willpower every single time, everybody. So what do you do? You stop trying with willpower and you start training with your perspective. We say it quite a bit around here at Timber Creek, that one of the greatest areas in your life that God wants to heal is your perspective. When a loved one is sick, we wanna pray healing over the sick and that's incredibly appropriate. And we should and we do. But additionally, with that, we want to be praying perspective. God, what are you showing us here? God, what are you wanting to heal here? God, what am I not seeing? I have eyesight to see the sickness, but God, give me insight to see how you're going to work this, how you're moving this. What, what, what am I leaning on that's not you right now? How is my old nature coming up and my fear and worry because of the sickness that my loved one is facing? And not only do we want to pray for the sick, but we got to, we got to train the same way that you do the jump ropes, the same way you put the push-ups in, the same way you got to lift weight to the point of, uh, of where you feel it. You got to train your perspective. And Paul is helping us that, hey, you're waging war. You feel alone. You're confused. You feel like you're in a battle. You feel trapped and stuck. Okay, start training your perspective. God is a deliverer. He's been delivering since the beginning of time and he won't stop now. He will provide for Adam and Eve when they failed. He'll provide a fourth man in the fiery furnace. He'll provide an angel to shut the mouths of lions. He'll provide a worship band that will walk around Jericho for seven days and then seven times on the seventh day. And they don't even have to throw a stone with a slingshot, but through the worship, he'll provide the victory. He'll provide five stones in a brook, but he'll only need one to defeat the giant Goliath. 
Goliath. He will provide from a little bitty, uh, to, uh, little bitty sack lunch from a boy and he'll feed thousands. But you gotta start training your perspective that I can hang on to my lunchbox or I can give it to his hands and he can do with it. He can multiply that. He can go exponential with my issue. He can go exponential with his grace. He, he can, if I can just train my perspective, that's what the Lord's prayer is all about. We say our father, that means I'm a child. In heaven, he's got a bigger drone shot coverage view. Hallowed be thy name. Your name is the big name above all names. And it's your name. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Like if we can begin to train our perspective in the middle of the battle of our old and new, the devil don't got a chance. The old nature can't stand up against you training your perspective that if I will put my problem, my situation, my lack, my need for provision in the hands that spun the world into existence, if all I have are his hands, all I have is all I need because he is enough to meet me in the middle of that struggle. Is that you today? I know it's me. And even in this moment, the same way that Paul was able to turn his eyes in the middle of his uh, feeling of wretchedness, his feeling of I am worthless, I, I feel condemned. He was able to see the light train his perspective. In the middle of complaining about it, he begins to be grateful for what he does have. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me today? Heads bowed, eyes closed at all of our locations. Just take a breath. Where do you need to change? For some of us, that's a long to-do list. How do I actually change? Oh, where do I even start? I start making this list, what a wretched person I am. Here's how you start. Thank you, God, for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you did not expect a spotless resume from this pastor. And in spite of my failures, you have been so real and so good and so merciful. God, I know if I'm not dead, you're not done. Your mercies are new every morning. And so today, I myself, before I pray over the congregation, I myself, I need your mercy today, God. Wash away my past. God, forgive me of those moments where the old nature, I mean, I just unlocked the door and opened it right up and that old nature came right back in and plopped down right on the couch of my heart. I don't want that. God, I want you to be in control. The new nature. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me the grace to start over again today. And now for everybody at our locations, God, thank you for meeting us where we are. 
with an open hand, we offer you the areas of our old nature. And we choose today to put on new, put on the new clothes of righteousness that you have given us, not that we could earn, but what you paid for. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen.